What's up, everybody? So I want to let you know that the Alpha Brain Golden Ticket Sweepstakes are still going on. And that's just a rad opportunity not only to stock up on your Alpha Brain or give Alpha Brain a try. Because if you haven't tried Alpha Brain, it's definitely one of those tools that's different than any stimulant you've had and gets your brain firing in an absolutely different way. And that's what our clinical research has shown, and that's what everybody who's tried it. You know, we've sold over a million bottles of Alpha Brain, and the results are in. It works. It's awesome. So this is a great opportunity, though, because if you get the Golden Ticket Sweepstakes, everybody is a winner, and there's a bunch of cool shit that we're giving away, from kettlebell sets to different other products, to discounts. Every single person is going to be a winner if you go to the golden ticket sweepstakes so check it out on it.com slash golden ticket and then enter the code and fill in the entry form there's going to be a grand prize for one of you which is going to be a trip out here to austin and on hq so you'll be able to come hang at the hq and do all the awesome on it things so definitely check it out go to on it.com slash golden dash ticket and get your 30 count or 90 count bottle of alpha brain this podcast is one of the most insightful tactical podcast that I've ever recorded. For anybody who's recording media or just wants to put a message out, this is a must-listen podcast. It's with a man named Tim Staples who runs an organization called Shareability and just published a book, Break Through the Noise, The Nine Rules to Capture Global Attention. I learned a ton on this podcast. I think you guys will as well. I hope you enjoy it. Tim Staples. Hey, what's up, brother? How you doing, man? Real good. Aubrey, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing really good. So I want to give people a little bit of credibility here for you first, because I've known some of your story and like the front page of YouTube is a big deal. Big deal. Not easy to get on that thing because a lot of people see that shit. How many many viewers does YouTube have on the front page? I mean, a lot of people type it in just YouTube going to that shit. There there are literally... uh millions of videos uploaded every day yeah. right and i think it's five billion hours that people search damn that's a lot and a lot of people are going to that home page so if you can get something highlighted on the home page yeah that's like that's a coup we've calculated the odds of getting to the front page on any given day is one in two million. One in two million yeah you're you're bucking the odds my friend how many times have you gotten a video on the front page of YouTube? we've done it 35 times <laughs> so obviously that means that there's some knowledge that you have that uh can be very valuable in helping people spread a message and it's something that we were talking about you know a lot of people think about all right front page of youtube are that's not going to be reachable for most of us but the same information the same reason that got you on the front page is the same thing that can take someone from you know five views to a hundred views, a hundred views to a thousand views, a thousand views to 10,000 views, 10,000 views to a million views. It's all similar principles, right? Man, that is spot on. It's uh, everybody always thinks about it as binary. It's like, oh, I'm either doing none or I'm doing millions of views. It's like, what if we could help you by 10 X, mm-hmm. right? And we always think in terms of these principles, not in terms of hacks or cheats, because those things change and change so rapidly. But what are the fundamental truths that can help you break through all this noise that's out in the world? And that's how we think about it. Yeah. So what are these fundamental truths? Yeah. I mean, this is the book, Break Through yeah. the Noise, The yeah. Nine Rules to Capture Global Attention, yeah. right? Yeah. So here's how I kind of frame the world, which is, you know, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, uh, all the megaphones of society, all the things that would get you out on a wide basis were all owned by corporations, mm-hmm. right? So it'd be television networks, it'd be movie studios, maybe radio. So you better be sharing a sifter with Rupert Murdoch. <laughs> If you want to be fucking getting out there, That's right? exactly right. If you wanted to be famous, what was your road, right? Yeah. You had to go through these casting calls. And, and I mean, it was a one in a million, right? Literally. And there was no way around it. Very difficult. 
Or if you were a brand that wanted to get your message out, how were you going to do that? Had to make a commercial, spend hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars. There just weren't any other options. So then the internet comes along, changes everything. Yeah. Right. And you basically put a movie studio in your pocket where you can broadcast to the world. Mm-hmm. Right. So now we have this YouTube phenomenon where you're getting YouTube famous in your mom's basement and you're making millions of dollars in Omaha. Right. So the good news in 2019 is that everyone has a megaphone. The bad news in 2019 is that everyone has a megaphone <laughs> and they're shouting into it constantly, so much so that everybody tunes out nearly all of it. You have to. You have to, right? I mean, you can only take in so much from an attention perspective, right? right? And so my message is always about how do you break through that noise and get your message heard? Yeah, well, how do you? So the, the, the initial concept that the book is based around is about being shareable. And what does being shareable mean? It literally means being worthy of a share, mm. right? So it's about creating content that's so valuable for the audience that you want to reach that they're compelled to share it. And it's a very simple concept, but it's actually a very, very powerful one. Yeah, and you make a distinction between shareable and viral, yes. right? Like those are those are two different things, and I think that's kind of an important distinction because people still have that term viral in yes. their mental zeitgeist of like, oh, we want a viral video, but but really, you're just talking about no, no, no. Let's just make this shareable. My life is I get twelve of those calls a day. Right, make something viral. <laughs> that's my life. I want a viral video, <laughs> yeah, Tim. Yeah, make it happen for me. So there was I an want earth- this contagious <laughs> as fuck. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> There was an early day of the internet where like virality was actually very repeatable if you knew exactly what you were doing, right? There wasn't a lot of competition. There wasn't a lot of noise yet. And we had a whole system. Like we, we were batting at one point, we were batting 50% on a million organic views from not from influencer accounts, but from like brand accounts that had like 3,000 followers. Wow. But it just got more crowded and more crowded and the algorithms have changed, right? So things have completely evolved, right? So we've had to evolve with it. And I think, you know, Really what this is all about, the first step is like, think about value for your audience. My simplest advice in this space is like, think about who you wanna reach, think about what they would wanna watch, not what you wanna give, but what they would wanna watch, and then figure out how to give it to them in your unique voice, right? So one of the first rules, focus on value. Think about the world in terms of value. Number two, find your voice. What do you have to give to the world around that value proposition that nobody else is doing? Mm. And if you can find those two things, just those two simple concepts, you'll be head and shoulders above anybody else around you. And that's all of our unique superpower, right? Is like our own unique radical perspective. There's nobody that has our same voice and our same perspective no matter what you're no matter what you're talking about is i mean you can have a million people Truth. talking about the same thing but your perspective on that thing is going to be unique and different yes. if you trust yes your own voice and your own perspective has value but if you're trying to parrot somebody else's perspective and be like somebody that you see you're going to have no value you're lost in the noise yeah you're lost in the noise and i think the key there is like how do you find that voice but find it around an area of value because you can find some really unique voices that nobody cares about. And like the old model is always like, especially in the brand world, it's like, I'm great, I have a great brand, I'm gonna project that out to the world, right? That's what advertising is, right? Boom, boom, it's a one-way conversation. But today, when we talk to brands, we say, okay, let's think about your customer, let's think about what they, how they see the world, let's think about what they would want from you, let's give them that, tap into that emotional connection, and now have a relationship with them where we can actually talk about the dollars later, 
Yeah. You start with the dollars, you're not going to have a relationship. You start with the relationship, you'll get to the dollars. Yeah, I mean, the, the algorithms right now are savage with that. Savage. <laughs> because like the moment you come out selling something, yeah. like you're not going to get any, you're not even going to get any impressions, any yeah. engagement, any interaction. Dead. You're dead. Dead. You're dead. And it's like, even if it's a, I mean, and then you, so you adjust. And like even, even recently, you know, I posted a pretty cool picture of me with the kettlebell and it was talking about we had Amazon Prime Day and I was just like letting people know we got some sales for Amazon Prime Day. Yeah. Didn't fucking matter. That fucking image got buried. <laughs> you know, it's not like I put like sale, sale, sale yeah, on there. Yeah. It was just me with the yeah. fucking kettlebell. Yeah, and yeah. then the comment, but people are like, nah, fuck you. You know what I mean? So it's like really, really delicate now. Super delicate. And you got to really be, I mean, it, it, the landscape has changed. One of the superpowers I've noticed from the audience is different even like now than like a couple years ago. They can spot a fucking ad so quickly, man. <laughs> yeah. And you try to like wrap it together. And like the early days, it was easy because you'd have these big brands and they use a certain type of camera and a certain type of lighting and it would be polished. Whereas all the YouTube and Instagram and all these guys that were coming up that were like superstars, they, they were talking straight in their iPhone. Right. So you could spot a brand like super easy. Right now, people are getting smarter about it and they're trying to be more authentic about it. But that is a superpower, man. That first three seconds, you might get three seconds. And if you're lucky enough to get three seconds, you better hook them in. And I always talk about people going through their social feeds like a serial dater on Tinder. Like they're swiping and swiping and swiping. And it's amazing what catches their interest. But if you watch somebody, they go, swipe, stop, swipe, 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 stop, swipe, swipe, click play. Three seconds, swipe, 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 stop. Okay, I connected with something. I'm gonna watch it. Might lead me down to a rabbit hole of 50 other things I watched that day. Yeah. Right. But how did I get to that rabbit hole? And if I don't grab that attention on the front end, I'm never gonna get there. So we talk a lot about concepts like uh, curb appeal, um, which is all about you know if you think about a house and how you would sell a house, mm -hmm. right? Um, curb appeal is when you're driving by on the street. So your video, how you how you see it and how it lives in the world. Does it have a cool front yard? Is it well painted? Does it fit the neighborhood? Do I, can I see a pool in the backyard? Oh, I see that, now I'm gonna go in and actually check it out. Yeah. But if I don't like the curb appeal, then I'm never gonna get inside and see how great it is, right? So that's one of the concepts. And then the second one, which John, is- John, does that mean like choosing the right cover? Or, yeah. And is that part of the curb appeal? Yeah, so the curb appeal, is a, it's a very visual and copy-based element, right? So it's, it's the image that they see first, Mm -hmm. in connection with the copy that they see around it. And a lot of people try to get really cute with the image or the copy, and it comes off as confusing, or it's not a, you need to be able to understand it immediately, mm. right? So if I have an image that, that goes, wow, and it hits kind of an emotion for me, and then the copy backs that up in a very simple way, now you've got my attention. Mm -hmm. if, I, if I see an image that looks cool, but then the copy goes a completely different direction, and now I'm, now I'm confused, I don't want to take the time to figure out that confusion, I'm gone, I'm swiping, Yeah. yeah. right? So a lot of times the things that work best are, are visually uh, appealing combined with simple and compelling, right? And that has a really strong curb appeal, right? And that's also why, you know, celebrity images can be very effective, images of people with reactions. Reactions are typically internet gold. Um, so you have to really think and test um, how you have your curb appeal. And that's something you can learn and evolve and get better at even if you don't have millions of dollars, right? You can just try these different formats and see what people are responding to and what the engagement rate looks like. 
It's really, it's interesting to talk about emotions having really interesting curb appeal, right? Because yeah. what we're talking about is the is the hook for the first three seconds of your content. Yes. And people are inherently drawn to other people's emotions. I mean, it yes. is the core f- basis of all reality television, right? Is like yes. facilitating situations that are going to create actual genuine emotions and drama yes. and these things that we can't help as human tribal social creatures, but go, what's happening? You know what I mean? So like, it is interesting to think about that and think about that being early. And obviously you want to, you don't want to be manufacturing this in some inauthentic way, but like, if there's an emotional part of your piece that you can connect to, maybe that's what you lead with. Thousand percent. It's funny you say that too, because reality TV was almost the original internet, right? They were experimenting with concepts that going on to work really well online and on social. Um, But there's a second concept that we talk about. It's called giving up the goat. Mm-hmm. And basically the idea is like we, we, we're known, one of the videos we're known for is with John Cena and basically, uh, and with a brand called Cricket Wireless. And so we took a bunch of John Cena super fans, right? And we brought them together and they thought they were auditioning for a chance to be like his ambassador online or something like that, right? So we brought, they're all like, they're going, hey, John Cena's awesome and telling us about John Cena. And what they didn't know was that John Cena was behind a wall and about to break through the wall and literally surprise them and kind of give them the surprise of their life, yeah. right? Um, and so when we cut this video together in a Hollywood perspective, you would go, okay, let's tell this story. The story is there are John Cena super fans. They talk about John Cena, John Cena's in the back. And then this big climax moment, John busts through the wall. Right. And then they have this interaction surprise that happens in act three. Well, then why do we show it first? Yeah, because you don't have the captive audience that's going to sit down to fucking act three. You got to hit them hard in act one. You got to give up the goat. <laughs> you got to give up the goat. So, so literally the first, our video, the first three seconds, you see John Cena come through a wall. You go, holy shit, what's happening? There's an emotion there of surprise and awe. And then now we can tell the story because we got you hooked. Mm. And so that's the concept. All right. You said there's an emotion there of surprise and awe. And I know you have five emotions yeah. that are like key to making something that is shareable. So I, I think the whole world now is all about emotion. If you wanna like be relevant in the world today, I think 20 years ago, you know, if you could be Brad Pitt or Leo DiCaprio and you could get kind of plucked out and put through the Hollywood machine and you could be this big movie star. But I don't think today that those same things matter. And so we've looked at all these emotions that people connect to and what ultimately makes someone share a piece of content, right? Cause sharing is a super personal experience like like how much do you share on your personal social media i don't know i just shared my end of my relationship with my girlfriend <laughs> on social media today so i share pretty much fucking yeah, everything well you share about you but yeah. the, the, so if i'm a brand what are the odds that you're going to share me oh yeah zero right yeah. if i'm an individual that you don't know what are the odds you're going to share me zero right and, and and so everyone's like that no matter where they are right so we've found that the way to get people to invest in content and actually share it it's all emotion led and we've identified these emotions and there's literally dozens of them that people can lean into. So basically you're saying people have to be feeling something in order to actually share something. A thousand percent. So you're tapping into their emotional thousand percent emotional body in order to get them to create the action that you're really looking for. They'll watch something without emotion. They won't engage or share without emotion. Mm-hmm. And so we've identified these five shareable emotions and there's a bunch of other emotions that, um, can be really effective, but we found these to be kind of consistent in the big hits that we've had that are also unifying emotions, right? There's a lot of emotions that can be negative, like anger or fear, right? Or 
distrust. There's, there's a lot of things that which you, can work, but those are like the black magic version. They're black magic, man, and they're super polarizing. Yeah, right. So there's an upside and a downside, and we can talk about that. But so the ones that we found to be the most powerful, we call the five shareable emotions. It's happiness, awe, empathy, curiosity, and surprise. Happiness, awe, empathy, curiosity, and surprise. Yeah. So walking through those. First one is happiness or joy, right? And so the backdrop for this is there's a lot of negativity online. Mm. You see it every day, mm -hmm. right? And so it can be incredibly powerful to just give somebody a smile in their day, right? Just a little act, just a little smile. If you're going through social media and you're in a bad mood and you watch something or someone shared something with you and it makes you smile and it resets your day, that's an incredibly powerful concept. Mm -hmm. And so we've had a lot of success using kind of unexpected joy um, a lot of the work we've done with Cricket Wireless is all about putting a smile on your face. The whole campaign is called Something to Smile About. That's it. It's mm -hmm. not about phones. It's not about a price or yeah. purchase. It's make people smile, lean in, make them part of your tribe. And now we can talk about business later. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's the first one. The second one is called awe. It's a emotion of respect. Whoa. Right. Seeing something you haven't seen before or something that really grabs your attention. And so in the early days of the internet, this was a lot of like who could out extreme the other person, mm -hmm. right? The people, yeah, Red Bull jumping out of the stratosphere, Devin Supertramp swinging from a rock, uh, all these prank guys doing these elaborate pranks. The problem with that is at some point you can't out extreme, right? You start to lose that kind of appeal. So a lot of the content we see doing really well in awe is all Good Samaritan content. It's like, how can I do something amazing for one of my you know, fellow humans that is unexpected that makes people feel good, Yeah, right? And so that's kind of the new awe. Or sometimes something like the bottle cap challenge will work. Amazing, yeah, right? that's like, right. That's like simple enough and yes. also not only shareable, but also repeatable by yes. multiple, but you're creating a whole movement. I don't even know who fucking started that, but they crushed it, <laughs> whoever, crushed it. Did, whoever yeah. did that. And I feel like every month or two, there's one of those. Yeah. Really difficult to create. Right. But, but really powerful if you can. Yeah. Um, and so the third one is, is, is empathy. And empathy is all about putting yourself in someone else's shoes, right? This is an emotion for you. Mm -hmm. um, and it can be super powerful and about bringing people together. And the counterpoint to empathy is pride. So pride is about celebrating the shoes I'm in, mm. right? And those two can go hand in hand, right? Uh, I don't know if you've seen the Heineken spot. We didn't do it, but... Um, where they built, where they brought distinct people together to go build a bar together. No, I haven't seen so, that. So basically, they took people. They would show you in the video, like this one, uh, this person thinks homosexuality is wrong via the Bible, and this person is, you know, gay, right? And and if they would have met, you know, and just talked about their differences, there would have been a big problem. But they they said, hey, here's Lindsay, here's Steve, and you guys are going to build this bar together. So they spend the whole day together building a bar, say like twelve hours difficult they have to do all this stuff and they build it and finally at the end of the day they're done with the bar and they're so proud of themselves right and then they come on and say hey we want to show you something and they showed the videos from before of like steve talking about how you know he's a homophobe and and Lindsay talking about how she you know all about gay rights and and then they turn it back to them and they say okay now you have a choice you guys can let your differences separate you and you can go your separate ways and never talk again or you can have a beer and talk about it and the video is really powerful. Everybody sat down, had a beer and a conversation, but it was only because they'd had that emotional connection during the yeah, day, yeah, yeah. right? And so I always thought that was really clever. That is really clever. I mean, once you see the human in someone else, all of the ways Everything that changes. you 
just kind of place someone in this avatar ideal of what they represent to you oh liberal conservative you know activist of this it becomes no longer a human it just becomes a a figure thousand percent you know and then so but if you can connect back to the humanness of that person then you realize like oh we got a lot more in common than we don't have in common i think the superheroes of the next 20 years are going to be people that can do that yeah there's a lot of people that can divide let's talk about people that can bring people together Right, it's a very difficult thing to do, especially as we get more and more divided. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the fourth emotion, which is a very powerful emotion, is curiosity. And curiosity is all about presenting information and, and knowledge in a way that's never been uh, presented before. Right. So it's all about new information about the world, usually presented in a way that people have never seen. Right. And so you do this, right? You're talking about some pretty deep topics that no one's ever talked about before, or at least in a new way that they've talked about it, right? And, and it's presented in a way that they've never seen, yeah. right? And that's really powerful. And, and you also see this like in the science space and uh, um, like, I don't know if you're familiar with like Vsauce or like uh, Smarter Every Day or some of these YouTube channels. And they're all about teaching you about the world of these super you know, uh, distinct scientific concepts, but doing it in a way that's super fun and interesting and back and forth. And you feel smarter. You share mm-hmm. it because you feel smarter. Mm-hmm. You feel it'd be helpful to your friend or you just think it's interesting, right? And then the last emotion is surprise. And it's actually one of the most powerful emotions. And it's all about going one direction um, and then going the completely opposite way, right? Giving yeah. that moment of surprise. And, and we've actually found that when you can do surprise and, and, and partner it with happiness and awe, if you can put those three things together, like those are some of the biggest hits we've ever had. It's almost like a multiplier. Effect. It's a multiplier. And, and when I look at people that are doing well in the internet age, and we look at these emotions, it's pretty interesting as you start to line them up and really understand them, that the people that are really connecting today typically hit those emotions in a really strong way. One emotion, if you hit one strong, you can break through if you're really strong, but the people that have longevity typically are hitting two, sometimes even three or more of those emotions in a really strong way. I'm not going to say that Alpha Brain is responsible for everything cool that I've done since 2011, but I can't say that it's not responsible for it because I take it every time I do something cool. Every podcast that I've been on, every time I'm writing my books, writing my posts, usually I'm on Alpha Brain. It's one of the best products that I know of, and shit, I'm biased, of course. We tried to make the best natural nootropic formula and I believe we succeeded, and the science and the data has shown that as well. And now, for a limited time, my friends, you can just get that shit for free. We have a seven-day free trial. You get a 14-pill supply, which will last you a week. You take two pills as the dose, and then automatically, you will be subscribed to get a month dose. Now, at any time, you can cancel. Just say, hey, I'm done. I took the 14, that's all I want, I'm good. And we make it super easy, so you don't have to stress about it. And if you like Alpha Brain, which I imagine you will, then it'll just arrive at your door every month and you'll just be kicking ass constantly, hopefully, just like I have been and many of the other people have been who've taken Alpha Brain. So go to onit.com slash Aubrey, take advantage of the free trial offer, just pay shipping and handling, and then keep the bottle, cancel the subscription, whatever you wanna do, or keep it and just fucking rock the world i don't know do whatever you want on it.com slash aubrey and check out the alpha brain free trial yeah i mean i think about these videos that people share over and over again in these kind of 
interesting ones like uh, one comes to mind that had that surprise effect in it you know so it shows this military guy and he's uh he has there's this kid who's blindfolded and he's like trying to attack him and throw punches and whatever and then eventually the kid takes off his blindfold and realizes it's his dad who's home from like home from the service right so there's like surprise there's empathy, i get the feels as you talking about you know there's so many different elements yeah. in there and then the kids crying and they're hugging yeah. and like that thing just goes bonkers yeah. so, so what what happened there right so what emotions happened there yeah right? so surprise is the most obvious one right yeah. a huge surprise but there's empathy you're putting empathy. yourself as a father or a son right um there is awe happiness that, awe. and awe. You're, yeah. you're hitting three to four emotions there super strong Mm. super strong right and and like so i said i always like to look at people that are out there killing it like let's take a look at you for a second right like how do you how do you think you engage with those emotions from a personal level like as you're talking to your audience and bringing these things into the world well i just open up the windows and the blinds to those moments that happen in my own life you know what i mean and that's really what that's really what i do is it's my complete vulnerability and openness to what's actually happening that creates that which is somewhat surprising inherently anyways yep. i think like the the surprise factor of somebody being like oh no hey this is what's happening this is how i really fucked up this is when i was crushed emotionally this is when i was that so there's that surprise element and then there's the empathy of the humanness of yes. what i'm sharing and then whatever other emotion that might be there sometimes it's happiness sometimes it's sadness and then there's also the curious so there's a lot of other things but i think the big part of it is um just some of it always contains the surprise that i'm actually even talking about in the first place there's no doubt you know and i think that's that's kind of where it goes but I, i never really thought about it in terms of these emotions but now knowing about the emotions i see and then starting to see like okay what are the videos that have really done super well you know randomly like and like what have what have those ones been you know and i think some some have been very emotionally driven and some have been very you know other ones like i remember i did a video with uh donald cerrone who's a ufc fighter and like i throw an axe and that's those are always pretty popular videos people are curious about axe throwing less thrown less so now because they got axe throwing leagues and whatever but i was doing it like four years ago or whatever yeah so i throw one axe hit the target and then it pans immediately over to Cowboy, who's smoking a cigar and throwing a double-handed like yeah. battle axe. And then the battle axe comes in and hit. The video's like 10 seconds long. Yeah. And that fucking thing went bonkers. You know, like in 10 seconds you hit awe and surprise. Yeah. And so it's really awesome to hear you talk about yourself and it resonates with me. And then, and then from a distance, I go, You're crushing empathy and you're crushing curiosity. Mm-hmm. Right? Curiosity meaning you're taking topics that are age-old topics, but you're presenting new information in a new style, right? Which is yeah. clearly resonating with people. The empathy thing I think is obvious. And then I think the people that are doing this the best also have an element of surprise to their backstory, right? And I think your surprise is like, you know, you're you're a um, good-looking guy that looks a certain way that you wouldn't expect to be talking about these kind of more touchy-feely topics. Right? but you're really well spoken about them and you go super deep mm. right and i think that like that little bit like is a big bit right and then it then it opens the door for people to go oh what? this guy's interesting what's he talking about and then you know your shit and you go deep and you put yourself in other people's shoes right and then you you're dropping knowledge but it doesn't feel like i'm being taught right i'm along for the journey um 
And so one of the things I've been thinking about this a lot lately, and I'm trying to think of the people that have been on your show to see if there's like parallels between the same type of emotions. Um, but like the guys I know, like we both know Jay Shetty, right? Mm -hmm. Let's take him. Um, Gary Vaynerchuk was just on your show. Yeah. Um, I've just gotten to know Joe DeSena. He's, has he been on your podcast? Mm -mm. No, no, but I know him. I've been you know, on his show. Yeah. Okay. Or Tim Ferriss. Tim. Um, yep. Um, but as you think about those, okay, so let's take those four guys. Let's, let's take you, Aubrey Marcus. Let's take Jay Shetty, Gary Vaynerchuk, and Joe DeSena. And if you looked at that crew, how alike are those four people? Just in general, on paper. Not much. Not much, right? <laughs> well, they're four very distinct guys, right? Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, we, we talked about you. Jay's a former monk, right? Turned kind of Facebook superstar that puts wisdom out on the internet. Uh, Gary's all about business and entrepreneurship, obviously, and has his very distinct style. And then Joe, you know, created Spartan and the death race, right? And is a very hardcore guy, but has a big heart, right? But if you look at different ages, different topics, different styles for sure, right? It couldn't, the styles couldn't be more different, right? But I, but I would bet you if we start to peel back the onion, there'd be, okay, let's, let's talk about Jay Shetty, right? Jay's message really resonates because he was a monk and he has this wisdom that he can share with people, right? Um, what's it about? It's about empathy. He's going into people's shoes and seeing what they're dealing with and helping them out. It's about curiosity, right? Because he's, he's laying information in a new way where you don't know you're being taught and it's super yeah. interesting. There's a little bit of surprise, maybe a little bit of awe, but he's hitting those two emotions really hard, right? Gary Vaynerchuk, right? He's an entrepreneur. You're going along with the journey with Gary, right? That's part of his appeal. Um, but he puts himself in your shoes. You could be doing this too. He's all about the entrepreneur and the guy coming up. And he's all about dropping knowledge, right? And he does it in a way, super interesting, because I've been really studying his content. I don't think people realize it, but he always does the fly on the wall content. Mm. You know why he does that? It's effective. It's super effective. And the, the reason I think it's effective is because you feel like you're in the room with him. Yeah, feels like you could be just there watching. You're there watching, you're part of his journey. And he's not doing it to you as for content. It's just, it's almost voyeuristic. It's value. almost voyeuristic. Yeah. And, and you're in, and, and that, like, I'm in for the ride part is the gold. Yeah. Because if he ever goes to the point where he's like, okay, I'm on the mountaintop and now I'm just going to preach down to you, the whole thing fall, falls apart. Yeah. As soon as you see somebody is different than you, that's hundred percent, then you're not going to really identify with them in that way. hundred percent. And then Joe, you know, his story super shareable, right? Created the death race and all the Spartan stuff and this whole movement. Um, and he's all about getting to that kind of breaking point in these extreme, you know, circumstances to bring out, I guess, character, right? It's about your soul in sure. some regards. Um, and, but it's same thing, right? He has empathy. He's doing it for all the right reasons. He's trying to get people to develop personally. And then he's basically dropping knowledge on you in a way that you would never expect, right? You're learning about yourself because he's putting you through these trenches, right? He doesn't think of himself as a storyteller, but he's finding these deep truths right. and he's telling that to the world. And so I would argue like you're all the same guy in some regard, mm. right? You're, you're, you're all about personal development, personal empowerment, kind of body, mind, spirit, right? Mm -hmm. Jay's about personal development, your relationship with the world. Gary's about personal development, uh, your business and your entrepreneurial spirit in yeah. the digital world. And Joe DeSena is all about personal development and character and your soul, right? And then what's your life purpose? Uh, but it's really a lot of the same emotions that are in play. So let's, <clears throat> when you're telling these stories, let's say, cause we all have the ability yeah. 
to tell these interesting stories and there's so many choices for the platforms that we can use and like probably best practices and rules for like for each platform so if you wouldn't mind like let's go through some of the platforms that we can disseminate this content and these messages and talk about like all right what are the best practices for these things yeah so i'll start uh i'll start with an unexpected place which is linkedin Mm-hmm. And so everybody thinks of LinkedIn as kind of the B team of the, of the social squad, right? Because it's, you know, it's business and it's, it's more serious and everybody kind of discards it. All these platforms go through these periods where they want to encourage creators to make video content and they open the algorithms up in a big way, right? So you saw it first on YouTube. You created all these YouTube superstars. Really hard to become a YouTube superstar in 2019, mm-hmm. right? Then Facebook just opened up the algorithm. It was you know, for two, three years. It's been crazy. It's starting to go the other way now, right? Then it went to Instagram. Everybody's Instagram famous now, and the, all, all the stories and the video content has really taken off. And it's still, it's still in its heyday, but it will come to a conclusion. But LinkedIn underexploited. Nobody's been creating good quality video content for LinkedIn. So the algorithms are wide open. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking to grow your brand and your business, there are opportunities on LinkedIn that don't exist on any of the other platforms. It's one of the reasons you see guys like Gary spending so much time on their LinkedIn and yeah. talking about that. But it works. You can get organic reach that you can't get on the other platforms. So I, I would strongly suggest you take a look at LinkedIn to see if you can be valuable a voice on LinkedIn because there's opportunities there that don't exist other places. Okay. And um, But then on each of these... these uh, platforms we always think about what is the value proposition of the platform like so let's stop thinking about us and let's talk about why these platforms exist so youtube everybody thinks about kind of being youtube famous but when you think of it big picture it's actually i call it the library of the internet most people use youtube to search right so if you're like oh i need to go build a garden gnome for my yard i type it into youtube and i get 50 different results and i pick one based on the curb appeal yeah right and then i'm building a garden gnome for my yard and, that, and that's 80 90 percent of youtube right is like using it as a google of video sure right so any video you create for youtube you have to be thinking about the long tail you have to be really thinking about the curb appeal what's the visual what's the copy around it what are all the tags so that as you develop that content over time it keeps popping up in the search and people are finding it and so you think about YouTube, ironically, not as this quick viral place, but as this place to build value over the long term and, mm-hmm. and via search. Um, Facebook is much more, I call it the city square. People are bustling and arguing and sharing ideas and things are kind of happening in real time. Have you ever tried to search something on Facebook? <laughs> it doesn't exist, right? You can't yeah. find old yeah, videos. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't work that way. It's not built the same brain. Um, so you, there you want to think, share things that are of the moment that are gonna be super emotional, right? All these shareable emotions really play on Facebook. And you wanna think about, hey, how can I provide value that other people aren't? And how can I add my voice to this conversation in a unique way, right? And there's a lot of like riding the wave of things that are happening or flipping the script against what pop culture is doing and things like that on Facebook. Instagram, I always think about as the art gallery of the internet. Hmm. It's where people put together, they put forward their best self. Mm-hmm. Right, like so, they're like, oh, what is the best version of me, and how do I project it to the world? You know, with filters or with the right lighting, or I took fifty-seven pictures and I post the one. Right, that's Instagram. Right, and honestly, you know, a side view of that, which goes directly into your space, is Instagram, especially, is creating so much anxiety amongst teenagers today. Right, because everybody's being compared to other people's best selves and their best moments. 
it's creating this all this confusion and and anxiety and depression and i think it's going to be a big big problem in the next 20 years as these kids come to realize that you know maybe that you know that life isn't attainable or there's no happiness in chasing those things but but it, it re- well maybe that means that there's an onus on content creators to share the not so shiny not so beautiful Amen. not so perfect elements on these platforms so yes. that people can look at them and go like oh shit yeah there's this person getting fucking wrecked yes and sharing that honestly you know because i feel wrecked sometimes too what i feel like we're having that moment now where when people do that when they have that honest moment i don't know if you saw like mindy kaling she shared a photo of herself in a bathing suit uh like a week or two ago and and she was just like this is me right and it got so much love yeah right because it didn't have a filter and it wasn't the best angle and she hadn't just come off the treadmill and mm. she was just her and I feel like that moment is coming. That's kind of that unifying moment. What you're talking yeah, about yeah, is a yeah. unifying moment. And that's why I say the rock stars of the next 20 years are gonna be those people, as opposed to the one that can give you the best filter with the best sunset. Yeah. So let's say, all right, let's yeah. say, let's say you have a really compelling piece of content. Yeah. Harnesses some of these core yeah. five emotions that you're looking for. Yeah. What is your dissemination plan? Yeah. Let's say, all right, let's say so the the full piece is four to five minutes yep. you know but you can make cuts yep. down to smaller smaller segments or whatever like you have this compelling piece of content let's call it four minutes yeah uh what do you do with it how yep. do you get it out on all your platforms yeah what is the ways that you kind of tweak it to yep. make it to make it suitable well I, i'll start with this i think one of the challenges or mistakes today is that people feel like they have to be everywhere right they're like hey i've got five social platforms so i've got to go beyond all of them and what happens is instead of crushing one platform and seeing big growth, they're mediocre at five. Yeah. And it's really hard to make content that really shines on YouTube and Instagram and LinkedIn and Facebook. It's, it's nearly impossible unless you find a really distinct voice that can kind of be cut in those. But Gary Vee's done a pretty good job of it. Some others mm-hmm. done a good job of it. So my first advice would be crush one platform, mm-hmm. especially when you're coming up because you don't have the resources to go out and be like, hey, I got 15 different cuts. And then on that platform, let's say you choose Facebook. You have four minute video and you choose Facebook. What we're all about is the first ignition period behind that content. And what I mean by that is there's a huge test and learn process that always goes into these videos. So even if we spend millions of dollars on a production or you shoot it on your iPhone, same process, right? Which is, hey, how do I cut some different versions of this? I think I have the most impactful three seconds to go grab people's attention. I think I have the best thumbnail with the best copy. But go test it. How do you test it? So basically on Facebook, you can do what's called dark posts. Right, so basically it's a, it's a served ad um, out from you to the world, but it doesn't appear on your feed, mm. right? But if real people are seeing it and they have an opportunity to engage with it, just like anything else you can see on social, right? So let's say, on, you know, for us, we'll cut 50 different versions of a big video that's gonna go out. And test all of it, you know, for someone else, it might be three or four versions, right? But cut it differently, have a different start to the video, have a different thumbnail, and then spend a little bit, you can spend a little bit of money, you can spend 25 bucks, right? And you can put it out to a thousand people and then see how that comes back, right? And look at what we call the engagement rate. Engagement rate is really simple. We look at some really complicated metrics, but the simplest way to think about it is how many people watch the video and what percentage of those people engaged with it, like, comment, or share, right? Yeah. So viewership is great, you can buy that. Um, 
You can't so is force Facebook. Is Facebook the best testing platform? Ta- Facebook right now is the best testing platform because of these dark posts. Because of the dark posts. Now Facebook owns Instagram, so there's some there's some equity that transfers over there. Yeah. Um, but it's much easier to test on Facebook. Mm-hmm. That's why you know as one of your core elements, I think Facebook is a key piece because of this testing. Number one, it's very share intensive. Like it's built around the share. Yeah. Um, and number two, because you can test and test so cost effectively, you don't need you know big budgets to go do this. You just need to be able to put the time and the effort and know how to use the knobs and levers. But they're not that difficult to learn. Like anyone, right. anyone can learn it. Um, and then what will happen is you put out these four different pieces of content, and the one you thought like was awesome because you just you, it was you and you you loved it will be the worst of the four in terms. Of, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, of course. And, yeah. And, and yeah. this other one that was an afterthought gets five x the engagement. And the view through rate on the first 30 seconds is three times as high. And you're like, okay. And, and, and then the big message there for me is like, where you can't be emotional is you can't be emotionally connected to the cuts. Yeah. Right. You got to be willing to kill your darlings. You got to kill your darlings. Yeah. And, and that's where the science has to come in. Right. Like I actually now have flipped it. At first it would really bother me if I really liked something. Now I love the fact that the data tells us what's right. Mm-hmm. Cause we know that's, what's going to be successful. Now you have to compare that with instinct, right? It can't all be just machine learning, right? It'll lead you to devoid of emotion, right? But um, I think if you can find the right emotional setup and then test it, you'll find that real feedback and that will drive every decision you make. When you you keep referring to us, and I'm uh, imagining that you're talking about an agency that you're running that yeah. does this type of thing? Yeah, so I've got a company called Shareability and it's a, it's a Silicon Beach company. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about it as kind of Hollywood meets Silicon Valley. So it's all about the front end of like, how do you tell stories on the internet? That's the emotional connection. Um, and then the Silicon Valley piece is, how do we drive engagement and scale around that message? And that's where the science comes in, right? Like, how do you do this testing? How do you put paid media behind it? How do you target people that wanna hear your message and multiply the share potential and, and drive it out to have the maximum amount of impact with your message? So really, you have to bring those two. You have to stay art in the science. What do you think is the best way to utilize paid media at yeah. this point? Like when you're, is it, you know, cause there's always every opportunity yeah. to promote this post yeah. or promote yeah. this video yeah. or like advertise this, you know, YouTube video. What, what do you think the best way to do it is? Two ways. The, the first way is the testing process I just laid out. Mm-hmm. You need to start doing this because if you're not doing this in real time, you're leaving a lot of attention on the table. In my opinion, it's very easy to do. You have to learn it. There's a bunch of places online you can learn how to do it. We know how to do it as well as anyone, but a lot of people do. It's not yeah. it's not rocket science. So learn how to test because that will change your trajectory and you'll get there so much. What a, a year's worth of learnings can be compacted into four weeks, right? Um, so I think that's really important. And then the second piece is when we find that we have a really successful piece of video that connects emotionally, then the paid becomes an accelerant. I think people think about paid as like binary, like, oh, the stuff that's not viral or organic, you gotta put paid behind that. It's actually the worst stuff to put paid behind because mm-hmm. nobody gives a shit about it. Yeah, 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 it's just gonna die. It's just gonna die and you can force people to watch it, but if I force you to watch it, now what happens? Yeah. But if I have a piece of content that people are connecting to and it has an organic tail, right, that's great. How do I expand that tail as wide as possible? Right, so we some of our biggest videos, like we have videos that have done 100 million views organically, but then we'll put a ton of paid behind it after after it starts taking off, because every time we put a dollar behind it, we get a four dollar return because people are 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 responding to it. And yep. and what happens in this world? 
People think from such an advertising mindset, which is if I can project it out, people will buy. And the truth is the exact opposite. It's never a push strategy, it's always a pull strategy. If you can get people interested in the message, if they vest in the content, now they're in discovery mode. Now, instead of being like, whoa, you're pitching me an ad, they're like, whoa, what is that? And now they lean forward, right? And now they're checking out your website, they're checking out your product, now they're interested about you. Yeah. Right, and when they're interested about you, now they're super open to having a business relationship. So I, I look at the stuff that actually works, and even the stuff that's worked for you in the past. Like your most successful videos may be your best ads, mm. right? Because people connect to them, they're up. The other thing that happens is when these things go um, have organic share rate, they go up in the algorithm. So what most people don't realize, thirty years ago, an ad cost whatever an ad cost, right? If you went on NBC and it cost two hundred thousand dollars. You know, in the 90s on Friends, that's, I don't care who you were, that's what it cost. On Facebook, if you get really good engagement out of the gates, you get kicked up the algorithm, your ad becomes infinitely more uh, affordable, right? It's actually the same on, you know, Google and the same 100%. on it's all, YouTube. It, it's, all, it's all, they're rewarding the content that's actually doing well, even if it's an ad. It's an auction-based system. So the yeah. best content went, for as, as a selfish platform, they're saying, wow, this ad is really hard for me to get people to watch. I have to charge a lot of money for it. Wow, this thing with Ronaldo is awesome. Everybody wants to watch it. That's really mm -hmm. easy for me to go bring another 10 million to it. So I'm gonna charge them a lot less. Yeah. And that arbitrage value is where brands can be built right now. Right. Yeah, that's really interesting. What's the timing that you think people should start? Like, let's say, <clears throat> allow something to have its organic kind yeah. of lift, yeah. check it, make yeah. sure that it's actually working. Like, when do you apply the paid, yeah. the paid accelerator? I think it depends on where you're at in your, your, your journey. Um, but I think, you know, the earlier, the better when you see organic traction. Um, the first three to four days we call the ignition period, right? And if it doesn't, if a, if a piece of content doesn't take off in the first two to three days, it's very unlikely it's going to take off after. It's just the way, once the algorithm pins it as something that's not shareable, you're kind of stuck, right? And sometimes that can happen in the first hour, frankly. That's why that first piece of the video is so important. So you have to be monitoring that. So we always look, we launch content, we test, test, test. But when we launch, we know what the engagement rate is going to be. Mm -hmm. So we start very, very early in the process because we already know the results. Right. Um, so the earlier, the better. If you have less resources, look at the ones, you know, take more of a uh, 30,000 foot view of it, say, okay, which ones have been really effective? Now let me test some advertising against those in the past. And then when you're launching new content and you see something in the first 24 hours that's resonating in a different way, think about putting some paid out or trying to reach a new audience with that. One of the great things about paid that can't do with organic is you can target specific audience types. Right, so if you're looking to grow your brand, sure. are you really crushing this type of demographic, but you want to squeeze over Rolling here. women. Or, right, yeah, yeah and, and they may not naturally find your content because it's being shared amongst guys 18 to 34, but mm -hmm. you know that if a 25-year-old female in the right circumstances saw it, she would really resonate with it too. That's where pay can open that whole world. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, that's, that's really interesting. I mean, all this advice, again, some people may think, all right, well, this is just for the big brands yeah. and this is just for the big content people. But so many of these principles, like if you can just get any message out, yes, you know, like it's so valuable. Yeah. Like imagine, like we give a speech, you know, people get all nervous about giving speeches and I'll give a speech to 200 people yeah. and, you know, it's public speaking and it's a speech and it's 200 people. Well, I'm telling you, if you're speaking in front of 200 people, it feels like a lot. <laughs> 
But if you post a video or an Instagram thing and 500 people reach you, like, ah, oh, fucking bullshit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what is this? What is this crap? Or if you have yeah. a podcast that, you know, like 700 people listen to, you're like, oh, yeah, I yeah, fucking yeah. suck because Joe Rogan's got 300 million. And I, but if, if you really had 700 yeah. people yes. who were all listening to this and you're watching their reaction yeah. over your face, your mind would go like, oh, yes. shit, this yes. is important. Uh, amen. You know, man. so like really like get the perspective yeah. right. Like imagine it. And I've had to have people do this to me. Like I got bummed out because my podcast was, you know, five, six, five years ago, maybe. Yeah. It was kind of stuck at this like 30,000 downloads an episode spot for a little while and i was like you know it's just getting thirty thousand downloads an episode <laughs> my homie goes to me he's like you know that's the capacity for most nba stadiums it's a stadium you're you in a stadium that? every week it's a stadium yeah, every exactly week. and i was like yeah i guess i guess so <laughs> he's like yeah it's a fucking stadium <laughs> like stop fucking holding your head down this is incredible yeah. and i was like yeah, yeah you're right and then from there made the commitment to be consistent and yeah. launch that every single week yes and, and then and then you saw that steady growth right yeah um yeah that's that's right and, and i love that you you touch on this piece because everybody always thinks about these big budgets and these hundreds of millions of views and and all the questions are about that uh, what if you want to be the most popular kid at your high school mm -hmm. if you apply these these principles you're going to be better off than the other thousand kids that are trying to be on instagram right because they're not thinking that way they're thinking about themselves and they're trying to project themselves in the world. And if you can be shareable, if you can find that unique voice, where, where oh, what do those thousand people want to see on Instagram, right? What do my what do my classmates want to see? Not not what am I? What do my classmates want? And how could I give it to them in an interesting way? You'll be surprised how popular you get. Yeah, and 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 also remember how important this might be, especially if you're sharing something that's vulnerable. Yes. You know, I remember having a talk with Jason Ellis, who's now really open and vocal about his bisexuality yeah. and he's like oh man you know mate like if i come out with this really hard you know i'm just gonna get so much backlash from people and i was like yeah yeah for sure but you know you're gonna get some of those people who now have the courage to express the truth of what they're feeling and he's like yeah i know i know and he ended up going for it and doing it and you know which is takes immense courage but now when when i talk to him it's like yeah, all right, he does get that backlash and those, you know, those people who are going to come and attack him for his sexual proclivities and yeah. whatever. Yeah. But he's also going to get like those one out of every 10 messages of some kid being like, I didn't know how I was going to go on with my life, you know, because of these feelings and these the truth about how I was feeling sexually yeah. and I was too scared to express it and now that you've voiced it like I have the courage to do that. Yeah. So like being able to share a message like that, yeah. all right, maybe like it won't be publicly applauded from everybody, but maybe yeah. it'll just reach a couple people that'll make a difference. So awesome. And that fucking matters. It matters a lot, man. That matters a lot. Yeah, and I, and I feel like there's a decision there too. A lot of people think about going wide. There's a lot of value in going deep. Yeah. Right, and I, I always like to say uh, niche is rich in this new world, niche is rich. Everybody always used to think about these blockbuster movies or Hollywood or like 300 million people. It doesn't take that many people to be really passionate about you for you to have a lot of power in the digital world and a lot of mm. influence and can, can do a lot of good, right? In some ways, you'd rather have 100,000 people that are ride or die than to have 10 million that are like, oh yeah, I know him, he's cool. Yeah, and, and that's, look, that's something for a lot of the females who have a message they wanna put out. It can get, and men too, but yeah. I particularly notice this phenomenon where like, if it's a pretty girl yeah. and the pretty girl, it can be disappointing to them yeah. knowing that, if they show their butt in a bikini, 
they fucking crush yeah. on their post. Yeah. You know, they get like three yeah. to four X. Yeah. And then if they tell some like heartfelt sentiment yeah. of, that, of what they really want to talk about, it doesn't do that good, yeah. you know, or they won't get followers or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, I always remind them like, remember, like you're here to be seen, not looked at. Yeah. Like if you want to yeah. be looked at, that's fine. Yeah. Then pander to the people who just want to look, but that yeah. audience isn't going to listen to you because yeah. that's not what they're conditioned for. So like over time, the more people that see you, like who cares if your numbers drop? Yep. Who cares if you lose all of those people that are like, I'm not following her anymore. She's yep. not showing her butt every day. Yep. You know what I mean? Like yep. recognize like the quality of the audience really is what matters the most. It's not just the raw numbers necessarily. It can be like, all right, well, these are people who are listening and like reading and responding to the comments. Like that's important. That's so smart, man. Like that's such wisdom because I, I, I mean, think about it another way. Do you want to be the thirty-five thousand and seventh Kardashian, right? Is that <laughs> is that your brand? Like, is that what you want to be? Is that going to be valuable, right? <laughs> I don't know how many spots does it pay out for <laughs> yeah, Kardashian. I don't know, this man. Is like the World Series gets of Poker, a, it, gets you know, a, like it, it pays out a lot of spots. It gets a little thin at the end, there, Aubrey. It gets a little thin at the end. Thirty-five thousand and seven <laughs> might not be in the money. <laughs> But if you, but do you want to be the number five that really is vulnerable and and you know like build a value based brand, right? And, yeah. that, and that's what really pays out, right? And and by the way, if it's not authentic to you, it's never going to last for the long term anyway, right? If it makes yeah. you uncomfortable, it's not who you are. I mean, you just you know better than anyone, right? Like, just like, you have to have connection between head and heart on this stuff, or it just won't work. Yeah, it's never going to work. I have one more tactical question here. Maybe I have more, but this one comes to mind. So let's say you have an old piece of content. Yeah old piece of content you posted on Instagram, you posted it on YouTube, whatever. Yeah. Do you think it's better to repost yeah. and refresh? Let's say, let's say it did pretty well, but you yeah. didn't do too much with it or you didn't tag it, test it, whatever. Yeah. Is it better to pull and repost or is it better to try and revive something that already has some engagement? I don't know exactly how yeah. the algorithms work. Yeah, I think I think once you're you're in the algorithm for a long period of time, I think so it's your really- So your, your, your piece of content has been dead for yeah. a couple yeah. a couple years, maybe. You can't you can't resuscitate dead content in most cases. If it so did you gotta re repost. Yeah, you gotta repost, and, and, and that brings up an interesting area where I don't think people think about. Think about all the time and energy you put into your content over the last five years, right? And all the content that maybe wasn't aligned perfectly with the timing, Right, because the timing matters so much, or the news cycle that week, or where you, where your fans were doing that week, it might have been different. How do you think about your existing content as like a library mm -hmm. that could be completely repurposed? And how much do you have on the cutting room floor that, if put in the right direction, might be super valuable, right? Or maybe you had an unbelievable video and you were bummed out because it only did a third of what you thought it was going to do. What if, with a new first six seconds, now it really connected and took off? Yeah. Right, so like you have that's an asset for you. I, I people always want to go create the next thing, and they don't think about the things that they have. Your most valuable asset, if you've been creating content for a while, is the stuff that you already have in the bank that you could recut. You could cut things together. You could do social narratives with them. There's all kinds of different new techniques where you can bring these things together that can be really, really valuable and much more cost effective and efficient than trying to go think of the next big idea. Yeah, I think that's really, it's cool to think about it that way. And also people have this idea, like even for me, you know, if, if, if it's a piece of content that I put out four years ago, yeah. to me, it's like, yeah. well, you know, everybody's seen that. No, they haven't. <laughs> I have like hundreds of thousand, a hundred thousand new followers. Yeah. First of all, weren't yeah. even following me then that's at right. least. And yeah. then there was only a portion of the people who follow me who even saw it at that point. And then that portion of people probably forgot that shit. 
You know, like they probably a don't even remember thousand percent. It. I mean, okay, so think about a video you watched four years ago about some person that you don't know. I don't even know. You, know, you don't even know, right? You could you could see it all again and yeah. and think you never saw it before. It's vaguely familiar, right? right? And so, I mean, I remember a double rainbow, kind of. <laughs> you know, like it was almost a triple rainbow. <laughs> it's a couple that stick. Yeah. That, that's awesome. Um, but yeah, no, there's a lot of value in just, and part of that's ego too, right? Like I, that was me then, right? Yeah. And now I'm different. And and but I, I think there's a lot of value in that kind of back catalog. Yeah. Well, shit, man, this has been truly one of like the most helpful podcasts oh, thank you. i think i've ever been a part of as far as like tactical knowledge and how to share a message because oh, thank i think you. that's one of the most important things we can do is just as you alluded to like share our humanness which forms the that connection which allows people to realize hey we're all same just amen. living different lives amen and I, I just you know i want to encourage people to lean into the the unity message that you're talking about i think a big part of your base are really people that are conscious about the world and their body and their place in the world. And I think those are the people we need mm. now to step up and, and think about positivity and unity. I think that's such a huge part of our kind of next journey as a country and, and as a world. And so I just, people that have that gift, I, I, I encourage them to really step into it and own it because we need it right now. That's beautiful, man. All right. Break through the noise, the nine rules to capture global attention. Tim Staples, and your boy Josh Young, I'm imagining he's your boy Josh Young. I don't know. I don't yeah. know who Josh Young is. Five times New York selling, time yeah. selling author. Oh uh, hell yeah, um, beautiful. Well, I'm gonna definitely dive into this, and I'm probably gonna listen to this podcast again too because it was so valuable. Oh awesome, thanks, Bobby. And thanks where else can me. people find you, man? Yeah, so I'm. You can you can find the book at timstaplesbook.com. We're at all the major booksellers and Amazon, um, and then uh, shareability.com is the company, and uh, I'm on Twitter at Mikadala. Beautiful. How do you spell that? M-I-C-O-D-A-L-A. Dope. It's all the cities I've lived in. Oh, I like that. <laughs> nice, man. Well, thanks so much for stopping awesome by, brother. Honor. That was man, a real pleasure. Really thanks, fun. everybody. Peace. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast, everybody. Make sure you check out the book, Break Through the Noise, The Nine Rules to Capture Global Attention, and put out content. Make dope shit. Let people share it. And if you find anything that I do is awesome, help me share it. Let's all be part of the process of sharing positivity throughout the world. That's going to make the biggest difference of anything that I know of. I love you guys. I'll see you next week with Dr. Joe Dispenza. Get ready.